0: hey everybody and welcome back to time with the risk taker this is season two episode three and today we have a very very exciting guest carrie wallace the owner founder advisor consultant her company name is agency focused and what she does she does MA merger and acquisition consulting the world is expanding to a very very big place and anybody that's a little bit of a bigger player and really enjoys their industry no matter which industry they are is focused how can we get bigger by acquiring and replicate the success that we have done over here in the next space and grow their company even bigger it's a very big vision of a company and when it gets to an MA process there's so much behind of such a transaction that you need to have the right advisors, consultants, attorneys, everybody to be a vital part of their process. So Carrie, thank you so much for being here with
1: us today. Um, First, welcome, introduce yourself, and let's go right to it. It sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. So um, as you said, my name is Carrie Wallace. I have been in this industry for about 14 years. I entered it like many um, by chance. Uh, not many people actually wake up, you know, when they're in third grade and say, "You know what industry I'd like to be a part of? It's the insurance industry." So, insurance kind of found me. Um, I started my career right out of college, uh, joining a technology startup that um, I was absolutely fortunate enough to take that company public, be part of the team that. It was able to see that uh, company go from birth to IPO and honestly at that point fell in love with small business. Um, I then took some time to raise my two children. I, um, I stayed home for a little bit and did some other consulting for some IPOs. And then when my girls were getting ready to go back to middle school, I decided to start my second career in insurance. Where I joined the Ohio Insurance Association. Um, They were doing a merger between the two state associations. So, um, my background in mergers and acquisitions in small business uh, lent itself very well. And that's where I started um, really getting to know the insurance industry, what an independent insurance agent is, and Um, really started to catapult my um, career in helping independent agents navigate this whole M&A space. So that's a little bit about me.
0: Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And um, you put a lot of years together in such a few short (laughs) and sweet lines. Um, What I take out of it is that you really customized your life. And I I hope your girls are appreciative of of this to make sure to accommodate their time of school and everything to to fit with your work life. It's amazing um, your dedication to your family and still being passionate in what you're doing. So I, I sometimes say you can be the biggest negotiator and being in the most executive positions, careers. But when you're negotiating with, I still have young kids. I, I can easier negotiate the most hostile company than than negotiating with uh, with uh, with my little daughter. So. Um, raising them and being around them and making sure that the job um, that you choose next fits around their their time of school I hope they're appreciative of you being there um, you know to I you, it's a hard career being a mother <laughs>
1: it is a hard career and, and I would think you know my girls today are 23 and 22 and they've actually seen me um, yeah they've seen me be able to reinvent myself a couple of times. And, uh, and really be present in their life. So I, am, I feel very fortunate. You know That didn't happen um, by chance. My husband was incredibly supportive as well, but I, I agree. It's actually something I'm really proud of that um, I was able to, to build a career that allowed me to define my own balance, I would say, because I think balance is a, is a uh, self-defined thing. But I appreciate you saying that. It's, um, it's something I'm super proud of.
0: You should, you should, you should, um, carry it out carry it around with pride. I say, um, about the merger and acquisition space, it's a place where it's huge and it's only getting bigger and more aggressive and, um, between everything that's going on, what would you say is the number one mistake that new people are approaching this industry, not as advisors, people that want to buy, what's this number one mistake or misconception that they have, um, in their approach that you see and you think people that want to take the 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 this next this next big power move i say um it's time we do over here like a time with a risk taker and i say you got to be a risk taker and i say the biggest risks that people take um and the big risk takers that you think they're, oh they're the big players they, they, don't, they don't think they are actually the most calculated mm-hmm. in their moves behind every move that they do and risk that that you think is a big power move that didn't think about it there's a whole team of advisors just like yourself and actually you came highly recommended from really big professionals that have used your company and used you and they were extremely happy and want success consistently over and over again under your umbrella of advice so for people's jo- for people joining now or thinking about taking this approach, especially now we're in the beginning of two thousand and twenty two maybe people um on their vision board they say, "Hey, this year will be the year that I'll do this move." People starting out, what would you say they should know and eliminate in their in their vision?
1: So I think there's two perspectives that we should talk about. First of all are the buyers. What should they be thinking about? But I'd like to actually start with those agencies that might be contemplating selling their agency. Um, The biggest mistakes that I see that that sellers um, make is waiting too long. They've not planned for the future of their agency. And what I mean by that is the average, so there's 36,000 independent insurance agencies across our country. So that is what the estimated number of independent insurance agencies are of those 38,000 independent insurance agencies, roughly 80 to 85% of those agencies are 1.25 million and below in revenue. So those agencies are are the ones that I believe were incredibly underserved by the current advisors in M&A. There's a lot of focus on the large agencies that are Really, only make up maybe 10 to 15% of our industry. So, for those agencies that fall in that revenue category, waiting too long to plan for what you want to do with your agency might be the biggest mistake you can make. Not knowing your value and not knowing how to maximize your value when you're approaching selling um, is really leaving money on the table as from a seller's perspective. And I honestly, there's so many agencies that assume I'm going to get two times revenue or two and a half times revenue. And they don't actually do the work to find out what they're worth and they wait too long. And they unfortunately sell at a discount when they could have been strategic about their agency and what they could sell their agency for. So I think, you know, we should talk about that and then we'll look at it from the buyer's perspective
0: correct that's so true actually and um first of all the bigger focus are on the bigger agencies which is a smaller percent and they're not selling so quickly and it's a different approach harder to get and the uh, smaller agencies insurance agencies which is insurance m&a is a, is a big space but your specialty is m&a and insurance and i have interest in that as well because that's our industry insurance and risk management the, the smaller ones are definitely underserved. And what you're saying is so true because even if they approach selling and they do it without a plan, by the time they're selling, they're probably selling because they're so dreaded of the process and they just want to get over and done with it. That's right. From, from the other side, I see it more, um, bigger companies, the, the corporate America and our business, we think like business people, even though I have extremely, a lot of passion to the industry, And really like what we're doing because we started off small and, um, I try to keep the personal touch, even though we're we're doing it at a corporate level, Mm -hmm. a lot of people that doing it on a small level are much more personally connected and it's a very emotional sale. A lot of times they're forced to sell because the principal is is not feeling well or they're retiring and they don't have a family member that uh, should take it over but subconsciously they would have wanted to have such an option how do you deal with that emotional part to get that out of the way do you understand my question meaning to say do do you see the difference the bigger the corporate guys are like it's dollars and cents it's business let's be a shark let's bite big let's let's be there out there let's they, they, they like the whole the whole wall street vibe versus an individual small small town guy had this for many years this was his bread and butter loves his clients loves his community loves his neighborhood the whole selling conversation for him to strategize ahead of time versus the other ones that are always looking, what, what is my EBR, what, 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 what I have in terms of numbers, they work with their advisors and consultants on a daily basis. Even us, we have coaches, sales trainers, we have everything in-house. We want to know our numbers, we want to know our profits, we want to make sure that we're delivering excellent services for our clients, but we also run a successful business. Um, the emotional part for a smaller guy, how do you deal with that emotions?
1: You know, I think it's first and foremost, deal with someone that you trust, that can help you work through what your priorities are as a business owner. I think, you know, from an emotional standpoint for someone who's transitioning ownership, number one, it's their life's work. It's something that they actually identify and and may even view as their own persona. So therefore, leaving it is very, very difficult. It's even more difficult to leave it if you don't have confidence in who you're leaving it to. So I think first and foremost, if you're an agency owner and you're approaching retirement and you don't have a plan, talk to someone so you can build a plan. There was an agency that I'm that I worked with that said I never I never actually built my perpetuation plan because I didn't know who I was going to leave it to. And when I suggested maybe it's an agreement with another agency that would help sell your agency for you if something were to happen to you and they would be paid out of the sale of the agency, it was like a light bulb came off of of solving something that he was losing sleep over. So I would tell you, you know, get beyond the emotional part of it and actually start breaking down what your plan will be, what you want it to be, and it becomes much more manageable when you think about it in pieces rather than this overwhelming thing you have to do. So, um, and, you wow. know, yeah. And if you're, uh- you're buying and you're a small or if you're selling and you're a small agency, you know, private equity isn't the only option. There are many different ways to sell your agency. And so matching what's important to you with what's important to the prospective buyers is incredibly important. So that transition matches what you want. So I think I would also get informed on what are my options what are the ways to transition rather than just reading the headlines and assuming I can either transition internally or I can sell to private equity? The wow. truth is, the average agency probably isn't going to have the opportunity with private equity unless they're a certain size.
0: Correct, correct. The, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. Basically, what you're saying in a nutshell is be in the know, know yeah. your options. And most of the people that now make so... Well, while you were talking, I, I had this epiphany. And that now makes mo- so much sense why people are so overwhelmed that they cannot decide, they don't know what to do because they're running around without a head because they're forced to sell because of an unwanted situation that happened suddenly in their life. And I had this over and over times again. We, we were at a, sell- a table where we wanted to cut a deal and the guy backed out last minute because he didn't really made up his mind to sell, didn't really want to sell. He just... Was forced to sell so he's jumping back and forth but why is it so that he's jumping back and forth because in his good days when everything was running uh, smoothly they never thought about what's the future what what is the max that i can get in an event of x y and z um everybody should have a plan of action for the future you say basically whether you're big or small only thing is the big ones have a whole dime a dozen of big private equity and um hedge funds and everybody that's running after them and as well the big boys that that look on a certain amount of minimum that they should get involved, versus the smaller guys, they need to go through so many offers and everything. If they're working with someone like yourself, they can be properly represented and have the right contacts and basically have their best options available for them at any case in time when they shall need it. And, And their legacy is kept because... The people that you That's represent right. is, is 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 humble agencies that have a vision, real people like me and you that can talk, but have a bigger vision of growing this idea in more cities, spaces and states. So um, I also look on the ethnicity, culture, diversity, because you can spend so much marketing dollars and trying to relate to the Latin community, to the Asian professionals. But if you purchase or Hindu, whatever, Mandarin, if you if you purchase an agency in a community sometimes that already speaks that language, what happens is your entire shop that you currently have becomes multilingual and you can relate better to more communities, ethnicities, and cultures instead of spending top dollar marketing when you don't even relate so much. Now exactly. you have the real relationships. Now that's right. Question about this. Do you see this as a problem? Meaning to say people that start off on acquisitions and for all of us, we're very attractive to go all across the United States. We're licensed to compliant all across the United States. We, let's say, like a certain state. You're in the Southern space. We love the Southern space. You live in, in South Carolina. We work in so many states from the Carolinas, Texas, Georgia, Florida, all across the, the, the Southern states. We even have a small office in Florida. It's basically... Let's say we don't have that and we are very attractive to go down there. Is it a safe thing for an agency that's based out of the north to go and grab something out of the south or start local? Like this is a good question that a lot of people have. I want to start acquisitions, but I want to feel like I have them here. They've, is, it, is it a good thing, meaning to say, so you are able to have hands on and be their hands on or is it more like a micromanaging thing versus delegation no let's think about setting up a business down south let's go like like go big or go home style like who has the right perspective is it a gut feeling is it different every time what do you say
1: so i think it matters what agency we're talking about an agency that is set up to scale and set up to um, write business all over the country has more options than someone who has a footprint that's within 50 miles of their agency. An agency that, um, you know, the average agency that that's their footprint, that's their community, that's who their reach is, is going to have a hard time um, acquiring an agency across the country. So I think it really, you have to know what you're really good at. And as you're looking to expand, um, do it in steps. Don't try and do absolutely everything. But if you've invested in scale and in technology and in resources, um, you have the the knowledge and the ability, I think you're able to to branch out and go much further than that. But the average agency that I deal with, really being able to interact with someone in your own community, own state, and really help build that geographic footprint um, physically that's near you is the most likely and most successful.
0: Correct. Correct. Wow. So that, yes. So that, that answers a lot because mainly having something that we already have over here and go with this path further is something that's definitely, everybody feels comfortable and there's a lot of success over there. And you were saying at the same time, if you already feel confident enough that you have the right processes and procedures, platform, technology in place, to replicate this idea someplace else, even it's not driving distance for you or walking distance for you, or in the same community, then your gut feeling is saying, "Hey, you can do it." Then it's not even a question. If it's a question, stay local, and you'll get to that bridge when you we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Like take smaller steps than going largely out of state and putting everything that you have at risk. Like do Absolutely. a better, calculate a risk. So that makes a lot of sense wow um in terms of who is the ideal person to purchase an acquisition meaning to say um there's a lot we discussed a lot of from the seller side that they should be strategic plan ahead and especially hey anybody listening right now that knows anyone that is an insurance independent agent doing what they they like and loving what they're doing you should know their retirement option can be huge and Whatever option, the exit plan can be very, very successfully done with the representation of Carrie, meaning to say what she created is she cares about the small businesses and that's her niche versus all the m a sharks out there are so aggressive and eating each other alive, fighting on their big accounts. And there's, there's a lot of numbers being thrown around right now. We'll just get to that in a moment. There's The marketplace went up a lot. People are paying so much because they're outbidding each other, but the smaller agencies don't have all these resources and options because this whole, I will call it um, um, M&A fight that they have all the time, bidding each other out, is on a particular criteria. There's a criteria that's missing representation, and that's Carrie's world, and she helps these individuals out. And shout out to that, and it's amazing that, that they, do, they do get to have a voice and work with it. So anybody listening now that... You are from the industry, you want to schedule a session with Carrie, agency-focused, reach out. As well, if you know people, family, friends, associates, you know someone that can benefit of these resources, make sure that you have this conversation with Carrie because I feel you. I get to meet a lot of you in person sometimes, and we meet you at shows. And you guys should have a lot of pride in what you have built and get to have the chance to speak to an expert like Carrie to work out a plan and knowing your numbers, knowing what you're working with, and knowing your best options for if, when you shall need them. Carrie, have I said it correctly (laughs) or I'm missing something? You
1: have. Honestly, that's the number one reason why I even got into this space was because there was such a, a large part of our marketplace that was underserved. And in order to know your numbers and know your value, it was so expensive, it actually priced people out of the marketplace. So they were waiting long to actually know the value of their agency or worse, they were selling their agencies on a multiple of revenue, which in some cases might have been um, a, a good decision, but in many others, really underselling um, their agency just because they didn't have all of the information. So, you know, it's my mission that agencies that want to make informed business decisions should have access to all of the right information. And that starts with knowing your own value, knowing what's driving the value of your agency, knowing what you can do to maximize that value and have that performance prior to making any transaction. Um, because Here's the thing, not every agency owner is really, their end goal is to solely get the maximum they want for their agency. But every agency owner wants to make a smart business decision. There's plenty of agency owners that want to transition internally. And we all know that a transition internally um, will most likely will not get you the top dollar for your agency, but it stays in your community, it stays in your family, it stays, Um, Your clients can expect to have the same care that you've given them. That hometown feel will stay in place. If those things are important to you, fantastic. But know all of your information and so you can make the most informed decision. And if you want to sell externally, again, know what your options are. Make sure that you've weighed all of those options. You're clear on what your expectations are. And you know how to maximize the value of your agency.
0: Wow. Uh, Be in the know as you go. That's right. Wow. In terms of a buyer's perspective, who's the ideal buyer? Meaning to say you can go now and spend on Google ads, Facebook ads, work on so many new marketing plans. And then there's a person saying part of our growth should be acquiring. Is acquiring an acquisition something you should be searching and hunting for or... It's an opportunity bonus that if it gets to me and I get an offer, we'll consider that. It's something that a buyer should include on his uh, mission statement or vision for, let's say, for the next year, two years, the next three-year plan, a five-year plan. To, acquisition should be part of my growth. Or you grow, you do what you got to do, build up shop, and if an opportunity like this comes my way, hey, that's, that's amazing. That's like a miracle. That's like a bonus.
1: Yeah. So I actually see the marketplace um, really creating those agencies that will be acquired and those agencies that will become acquirers. And what I mean by that is, you know, if if we take a look back at the last two years, it really accelerated what our industry was already doing. Our industry um, is not quick to act. It's not quick to change. Um, You know, that renewable revenue allows us to maybe lag so many other industries that have adopted technology. We've adopted um, customer experience. We've adopted all kinds of things. Well, in the last two years, we had to adopt all kinds of things in this industry that we hadn't had to do at a much faster rate. So our industry now is remote work. Uh, Whereas, you know, my husband's in the technology industry. He's been working remote for 20 years. That's foreign in the insurance industry for most um, insurance agencies. Technology has um, definitely played a role. Marketing, digital marketing, having a presence online, um, really being able to transact business in a much more um, efficient way. All of these things have really accelerated. So those agencies that have been able to adopt, that have prepared, have the technology in place, those are the agencies that are really well run and able to acquire and be able to handle that volume and scale their business as an, as an acquirer. Someone who hasn't made those adjustments are going to struggle with acquisitions and struggle with being able to add more business um, to their current staff, being able to integrate technology. So I would tell you if, if you're a buyer and you're looking at sellers, number one, be clear on what's important to you. So that should drive who you decide to do business with. Number two, Anywhere you can see synergies that will get you a higher price, if you have similar carrier markets, similar industries that you write, similar or complementary niches that, um, that someone would pay a premium for, you should, you should really evaluate all of those things. But first and foremost, do they match the culture of what your clients would expect? of what your staff that may remain with the agency would expect and will it be a a good fit from both sides. um, That's really what you have to ask yourself. Who's well positioned are those that have made that investment in order to position themselves to scale and to be able to acquire? So I think it's a two way, you know, there's multiple ways to look at that. But at the end of the day, every agency is going to be able to define what that fit is for them and what that fit is not.
0: Wow, wow. It's basically lions and zebras that you're saying. That's to uh, It's it's amazing what you say because it's a bread of fresh air because I always went around to all these conferences and said, a couple of years ago, I said, whoever is not preparing with the most efficient Innovative technology is not prepared for the future. So you said things don't change, rules don't move fast in our industry. But one thing that is moving extremely fast, as you said, you need to adapt to the most recent, the most updated technology. And I think we have this agenda daily basis. We have our own internal development and um, uh, software team in-house. We have built our own software based on case studies and stuff that we wanted to accomplish. And we still have a lot of things that we want to continue doing um, a lot of new technology even offers AI, artificial technology. With API, you can do so many new programs and deals by communicating with third-party professionals, with the lending community, the payroll community, to service them with their uh, real estate insurance needs, workers' camp for businesses. There's so much things that we're used to be able to invest your time to help one person. You can literally take that time and help an entire village with the right technology. You can literally crowdfund your services with the right attitude and way by utilizing top-notch technology, cutting-edge technology. So technology is like key, and every agency that wants to stay alive and afloat and release the amount of stress. I always say it's modern technology backed by human intelligence. Your time and money and yourself, you're in re- you're not replaceable. You're a human. You have the knowledge, you have the touch that, that it brings. But certain things that you can put into place processes and procedures that eliminate human error, you should do. A lot of people are occupied most of the day with things that is doable with technology rather than focusing their quality of time that's not doable with technology. There are things that technology cannot replace. There are things that technology can replace. Whatever technology can replace, let a computer do it. They don't give you attitude. They don't make mistakes.
1: <laughs> the way I like to put it is the agency of today and the agency of the future are the ones that figure out how to marry relationships, technology, and data. The relationship piece is never going to change. People want advice. They want to interact with someone who is an expert that they can trust when they are um, looking to mitigate their risk. That That is, technology will never take the place of people and knowledge and that trust but continuing to do things that can be handled by technology and can be um, it, or not focusing your energy where data tells you your aid, your energy should be focused those are those are the areas that you have to innovate because the fact of the matter is your clients, are expecting it. We expect it in every part of our lives. So, you know, it's, it's really important to make sure that you're thinking of the client of the future. Your current clients might not be asking you for that, but I guarantee my daughters will be asking you for that and their children will be asking you for that. So that's the way I look at it. It's a blend between technology, relationships, and data. And the wow. agents that can do that are the ones that are going to be able to scale and they're going to be able to run efficiently. They're going to have the profitability to be able to acquire and, and they're the ones that are going to grow.
0: Relationships, technology, and data. So true. I love it. I, I It's amazing. It, it's like to the point. And data relies on a lot of various datas. And, and you mentioned one thing what you need versus what the next generation needs. It's also being able to relate to all, not just to ethnicities, cultures, and communities, but all age gaps and generations. Like you have the millennials communicate one way when the baby boomers communicate a different way. So it's something where you, you want to make sure that you're able to relate to the to the to the people in the in the way they want to communicate and give them their options so with data data literally goes on everything keeping data and tabs on what was success what method of system was success of reaching out to insurance or prospects or whatever it is to keep track of what is Keep track on the feedback what people like, and it's very important to have open air and always work around.
1: Yeah, Back to what you pressure. said:
0: the technology, relationship, and data. I'll say it a few times in my mind because I like it. <laughs> it's it's something that we anybody that is, that is like minded individuals like us can relate right away to this because you want to have the right technologies, but you still want to keep a relationship. You want the technologies to basically keep the data. And help you manage the relationship.
1: That's right. It all goes
0: hand by hand.
1: And I think so wow. many people think that it's technology will replace human beings. And in my mind, it allows you to do what you are best suited to do, which is to give that advice. So yeah. you know, technology is just augmenting the relationships, not replacing those.
0: Yeah, I heard a funny joke um, one day. That uh, the other day, somebody told me that alexa and siri at night when you sleep they talk to each other they gather all the intel on you and that's what uh, world war Three is going to be they're going to get uh, they're going to get together and take over the humans they're going to fight out all the, it's just a joke
1: i believe it man i can't tell you how many times <laughs> google interrupts my husband and i talking and we forget she's even there so there you go exactly
0: so so alexa and Siri, they're two, two, two different sides of the aisle, but at <laughs> night they talk together about everything that they need to collaborate and they're building a big case against you. Just kidding.
1: Oh, that's funny.
0: Yeah, paranoia with all the, the, the everything, but I uh, understand, understand. Um, you got to be able to balance, balance it out. got Things need to make sense. A lot of uh, whatever we used to be able to do back in the days, normally now you have apps and everything for it, meaning to say, you can put your phone on focus mode and on this mode. Back in the days, so you just focused. Now you need to, now if I'm going to focus, I need to notify that now I'm focusing. <laughs> and the yeah. smartwatch says you got to spend a minute for mindfulness. You're like really controlled. You don't have a mind on your own for something. The it's, app needs to tell you what went today. You got to take permission or notify that that now I'm going to focus. But yeah, it's funny. So basically, we covered a lot, and there's so much more to cover. Um, we should definitely have another session again. We scratched, I think, the bit of the surface, but the highlights was that there's not just representation for the large, huge agencies out there that are looking to sell and the whole hostile litigation and the mediation and everything, all the all the, all, the whole operation, whatever you want to put into that. It can be a nice, smooth, calmly sale. From all parties involved. The thing is for what sellers need to look out is make a plan ahead of time, be in the know as you go, and to recap what buyers need to look out. Make sure that you're the right, this is the right approach for your agency and that you can accommodate and it's the right time for you. I I I would look on it as well. We should, me in my position having a good acquisition, something that makes sense for us and our mission and what we're doing and what we're focusing will definitely be something great. We would love it. But at the same time, keep on hustling. Keep the hustle on. Keep all the visions alive because this is more like getting a good deal done is like a real bonus, I would say. Of course, course it's something that happens. And with, with the right professionals like yourself, it happens it, it happens right but finding the right one it's not something that happens every day that's and right even you did a successful transaction let's say yesterday and today in this state or in this place that doesn't mean this is the ideal fit for us so to customize and the compatibility the the, the role that you're playing, you're like a real matchmaker bringing together two corporations people's feelings relationships clients behind this um staff we didn't even talk about staff on this on the, on today's uh episode but there's so much to bring together in this next move and that's what we at the time with the risk taker you want to make a risk what we do is in our business we handle risk we manage risk but anybody that wants to do a big move in business needs to calculate the risk and with the right advisors not just the the, the, the law and the logic is very different. So the attorneys is playing their role, to making sure the contracts and everything is, is great. And people like yourself probably know sometimes more than the lawyers because you're involved in all the the pretty side of of, of all the stories and not the pretty side of, of every transaction. So you know so much what to look out for. And working with the right people is like I always say, you hire the right people and get out of their way. Let them do what they do best. And you do what? You do best, automatically you make the world a better environment, a better place to be in. You delegate.
1: Agreed. I, I, think, I think you said it best though. Don't fall in love with the deal. Make sure that it is the deal that is right for you and surround yourself with people that can help take the emotion out of the deal and actually look at um, it objectively and make sure that it is the right investment from all sides. So wow. that's what I love to do is to help someone navigate that and make sure that they're making an informed and um, well thought out strategic decision.
0: Wow. And before we wrap it up, I, I, I will release one secret that I, that I think big corporate America is making without not looking on these agencies that you represent. It, we're in a time where it's very hard to find good talent. Everybody's mm-hmm. looking to employ good talent. and Most of the best work ethics and the best people are from these smaller agencies that do it with passion and they've been doing it for so long and they are really, really like uh, they, they, their passion is there. And with these bigger places, they look on people like a fi- barcode, a file to a file cabinet. So amen. I agree. Sometime, exactly. Sometimes when you do a good successful transaction, not just that you win a good acquisition, an opportunity, more more revenue to your company. Between me and you, you get sometimes, and most of the times, great quality people. So sometimes not just you buy an agency, you buy people. You do. I mean, and I mean, so you buy by people, you buy talent. You get yeah. you get yourself access to something that you wish you were to find, or where do I recruit? And I'll have to pay a recruiter and train and whatever. Take this great personality, put it into our industry. You already have the personality, you already have the passion, you already have the talent that's there. Comes with a sale. And they're willing to work with anybody that's gonna just be
1: normal and nice, the same work ethics that they share
0: so yeah, it's,
1: a, it's incredibly valuable there's no two ways around that and um i think that you're 100 percent right the people inside the agency are what make that agency incredibly valuable a company is only are, as, good as good as its people that's right and you can't overlook that and so i think sometimes in this private equity it's the numbers it's the profitability it's all those great things but you can see really great people are leaving and then spinning off and starting their new agencies because it's not the right culture. So it is about the fit and the people and the
0: talents. And we personally, we had an opportunity a few times to buy in different spaces, um, 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 books of business or agencies, but it didn't have good boots on the ground meaning they didn't have boots on the ground at all the principals mainly manager they wanted to go move on with their lives if we don't have somebody that knows the business there and the people there that is willing to work with us it was a right away for us a very yeah it's not in our local area so in order for us to have another space another community being represented we need to have good boots on the ground hiring from fresh we can do that anywhere we can start an agency anywhere so if we buy it, we we were actually looking for great people and talent. So I think that's a huge mistake, in my humble opinion, that uh, the big equities um, firms um, 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 are not looking at. But between me and you, they don't care because it's OPM, it's other people's money that they're playing with.
1: That's right. We are
0: we are working with our mission, our brand, our money. And we want to add more value, of course, as a business transaction. We want to add more value for us as a company in the same time value to the brand and to the clients. We have everyone on mind when they're only focused on mind is one thing. Themselves That's right. We their lose mind. sight
1: of the most valuable thing, unfortunately. So honestly, that makes that makes the marketplace open for Um, strategic buyers like you and other agencies like you. So that's the other message I would say is don't think you can't compete with private equity. If someone truly thinks about what they want, sometimes it's not a fit, even if they are a target of private equity. So, you know, there's there's plenty of room in this industry and it's driven by people and you know really make sure that you're weighing all your options you're in the know and you have someone that you trust helping you navigate as you're you know thinking about what might be your largest asset the future of your largest asset so um, anyway those are the things that i think about
0: wow wow this has been so valuable all this information we should Definitely, schedule something again. Maybe in the the next quarter or something. We should talk more about staff and stuff that goes into the MA market. We, we like I said earlier, we just scratched uh, just a little bit of the surface. It's a huge world. But one thing that I can take out and working with you, talking with you, and the the feedback that I heard from other agencies that from about you is even such a large host hostile market there are still great people like yourself that are doing it right and you can see you have great big agencies that are so happy with your services and use you over and over again thank you so much carrie wallace everybody um for joining us today and sharing um the knowledge and the wisdom that you have under your belt and um as well for taking this precious time out of a busy schedule and uh speaking over here on this platform I hope the resources and, and the information and the knowledge that was shared there today should be beneficial for the viewers and the audience. And um, we look forward to communicating with you shortly. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day, week, and as well, great year ahead. Um, like I always say, we at Skyscraper Insurance Services share your vision for a better tomorrow.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you.